But they won't be diamonds. Jeez, I like to stomp your ass. You see? flashing reds. I almost shot you back there, you know that? What are you people gonna learn, huh? Talk too much. That makes me damn mad when you talk too much. I was ready to put lead in your brain, you know that?
shit makes me damn mad. I'd rather take you to the morgue. from the lower back all the way up to your shoulders. They're going to improve your back flexibility and back strength. And let's go. And one. And we're on exercise two, A. And three, just raise up really four, slowly. Five. Six. And seven. Just easily back down. Eight. And one. And now B. Two. Three. And raise up as high four, as you can get. Straighten five, the arms. Six, seven, and slowly back down. Eight, and one. And we're on C. Two, your arms three, are clasped behind you. Four, five, Raise up. six, seven, slowly back down. Eight, one, two, and lift up like you're flying and make it feel four, really good. Five.
you're walking down the street Everybody comes to be What I say What you say, man? What I say Oh, man What I say What you say Well, all right, well, all right, well, all right, well, all right Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got Hmm. bought a new comb, I see. Looking good. Full disclosure, I have not cut my hair all summer. And I'm (laughs) just letting it go. Uh, You can see it right now on YouTube. Uh, Well, eventually... Let me Not tell you, right. we are streaming right now on MutinyRadio.fm, our favorite place to stream first. We do this every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, following Bound Round Sound. No, Moscato, is that the show? Bound Round one? Sound. Bound Round Sound, Moscato. It's a wax. What's the other one? It's a cool name, too. It was like flat, pla- flat, flat plastic. Yeah, that's a flat. reference to a record. Right, and, and so, so is Bound Round Sound. That's right. a record. You spin me right. Anyway, welcome to the show. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to watch the video and listen to the podcast at the same time. We stream first on Mini Radio, Sunday is 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are a podcast. 
and a video podcast on YouTube. You can find us on your podcast service at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Same acronym for YouTube. So, Carl, what is the movie we were watching this week? Well, this week we will watch Bucket of Blood, 1959. Bucket of Blood, 1959. Yes, the channel, you can speech to text it. The channel we like is called Lost N, the letter N, like okay. N, Found Films. Lost okay. N Found Films. Lost and Found. We want you to hold your nose and type in Bucket of Blood, 1959. You're going to find many copies of this film. We yeah. are looking for the one hosted by Lost, the letter N, Found Films. Lost and Found Films. Now, Mike, it's important because it's a good copy. It's colorized. There are other yeah. options out there. This one is really great. No ads. Okay, listen, we like movies, and we'll watch it any way we can, even if it's colorized. So, booey hooey on fooey. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you're in for a treat. In bucket of blood. Why don't we just call it, like, a lot of gross shit? I, I don't know. gross shit. Listen, can we address the colorization? You are against colorization. My attitude, it's a mixed bag. I am against colorization. I think people should just suck in and watch a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, people do watch It's a Wonderful Life, and Violet <laughs> has a violet dress. Isn't that cute? But I do think Ted Turner, with his mad rush to colorize films, made amends by also archiving and creating like a real <clears throat> collective source of films. Like A lot of stuff we watch, we, would, we watch because Ted Turner was able to get it. So I don't know. I, I'm a Ted Turner guy. I, I think he did great with TCM, but colorization, I'm not a fan. Okay. But okay, can I tell you a story? I went to this hipster San Francisco uh, uh, tender knobby uh, detective store, and he had videos. And yeah. I rented Maltese Falcon, right? That's the wrong uh-huh. neighborhood. And it was colorized. And I said, that was a colorized version. He goes, I knew that. I thought you knew that too. I thought you wanted to watch the color, read the colorized version. Uh-huh. Well, okay, let me speak to it, right? I'm yes. with you about it's bad. But at the same time, this podcast is like to attract the eye. It's pretty right. in its color. And we do people talk over are lame and don't watch black and white films very often. They're lame. Okay. So we got to cast a wide net. <gasps> we do talk over the film. So it's not like we're not adding to the film ourselves. You're right, so. of course. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Okay, sounds good. So let us... Hold our collective nose. Now you say, Mike, this is a lot of information. Bucket of Blood, 1959, Lost and Found Films. Oh. It's going to take me a second to hit play and hit pause and move the timer to zero, zero, zero. Give me some time. Okay, dude, relax. Carl? Yeah. Take it away with this. Celebrity, Celebrity Media Countdown. Take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Dana Marie. Welcome. Now, Dana, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. We see each other at shows. We see each other at open mics. We see each other at open mics. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have friends in common, friends who are with us, friends who are not with us anymore, right? So, how did you, would you say you're a Hudson Valley comedian? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing it and how did you get started? So I've been doing it for three years. I started in 2019 and then... That is recent. Yeah, recent. 
the pandemic happened, and then I just came back to it in 2021. So altogether, I'd say three years. Three years, and there was the interruption of the pandemic. Did it really interrupt? Did you do Zoom shows and stuff? I did not. Right. I did not even try to do Zoom shows because I did Zoom classes, mm -hmm. and they were so bad that I would never subject oh. myself to. So you had a little experience. I had right. a little experience. Okay, I understand. So you really did have a chunk of a break of it. Four yeah. months, six months. Yeah, like seven Something months. Something like that? Yeah. Seven months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're glad you're back, right? I am glad I'm back. Okay, now part of your comedy involves your journey with cancer. Yes. Okay? And that prominently features into it. So tell us about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly why I got into comedy. Was for, after I got diagnosed 10 years ago, I like went through a pretty serious round of treatment, a couple serious rounds of treatment, and then afterwards... I started, you sort of like turn into a, like a new person. Mm -hmm. So with well, that. Well, you go through challenges and you know, you have to endure, I'm sure. Yeah, it's totally, you're a totally different person mm -hmm. with all the trauma that you've been through. Mm -hmm. So then I like to turn that trauma into laughter. Mm -hmm. It's the best medicine, as they say. <laughs> so I, um, and I also wanted to connect with people. I wanted to connect with people on something that was so serious that a lot of, everyone has someone that they know that has cancer. Absolutely. So I think that talking about it openly and making jokes about it is something that is healing for me specifically. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it can be really healing for other people as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say like relatable comedy, <laughs> but everybody does know somebody who's grappling with or has succumbed to, you know, like my father passed, you know, yeah. everybody knows. So it is very relatable. Now you got a, this is old man glasses. Everyone who watches the podcast already knows that. Um, you have a podcast that involves the journey with cancer and helping other people, right? Yes. Okay. It's called Still Positive. Yes. All right. Now wherever you get your podcast but you're pushing youtube right that's where yeah. you would like people to sub subscribe to you yeah yeah it's um it's a podcast where we talk to people with chronic illnesses or disabilities mm -hmm. and we just sort of like share each other's stories and sort of share you know treatments and things that right. we're going through because as soon as you start with a chronic illness it sort of can spiral into like many chronic illnesses so learning about what other people are going through is something that I really connect with. Sounds like you could really learn from it. Yeah. And there's so many people that when they first get diagnosed with things like this, they have no idea. And they're just like searching. This connects them. For something. People. Yeah. And like finding information for themselves on like what is what I'm looking at here. Because the doctors will tell you the diagnosis. They'll give you all those like bones of it. But then uh -huh. afterwards, you're like, well, what does this mean? Right, <laughs> like, right. You've been given a bunch of facts, not like an executive summary. <laughs> What's going to happen to me? <laughs> okay, well, that sounds like a great forum, this podcast, but it's not comedy. Now, if we want to see comedy, yes. okay, before we get to this countdown. Shall I leave that in? We'll find out in the final cut. So... That podcast sounds like an excellent forum, but it doesn't sound like comedy. So where can people find you, Dana Marie, out there on the internet, on uh, social media especially? Where do we get, see what you're up to, see your shows, what are you doing? Yeah, so my Instagram is five underscores, sorry about that. What? Five underscores, Dana Marie, Dana with a Y, it's phonetic, a lot of, a lot of things, but it's five underscores, Dana Marie. I usually post my shows that are coming up on there. I have yeah. one on Thursday. 
at the Cine Winery in uh, whatever. But uh, I also have some shows coming up. Shall I leave that in? We'll find out in the final cut. Getting all this Mike Spiegelman. All right, now. Everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Dana Marie, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Ready? Three, two, one, go! Thank you, celebrity comedian, for that. Are you American or are you international? Are you American or are you international? I will talk to you of art. Well, there is nothing else to talk about. Well, there is nothing else. You remember Life is a Yes, right. The the florist owner from Little Shop of Horrors. Here's Dick Miller. Yes. For the first time, you know, first time I saw this film, I thought this guy was Mel Well. I thought this guy was Mr. was Gravis Mushnick. Oh. You see why? Well, he has uh, that lick and he's kind of hunched over like him. Yep. But he has a recognize... body. You didn't say, hey, that's the guy from Little Shop of Horror who eats flowers. Dick Miller, I would have. I totally know Dick Miller already, though, so I didn't. Oh, you're you're talking about the the beatnik up there. Yeah, the beatnik up there. You remember, Miss? Uh, yeah, I remember. Flushing. It's not him. It's not. And I saw it no, the whole well, that's first time right. I saw it. Now, do you remember Aubrey, Audrey? Yes. Audrey won, right? This right. other actress, I totally thought. Look, there's Mount Mushnick, right? It looks like Mushnick. Oh, he's got some good eyeliner going on. Oh, it's the colorization, damn you! <laughs> he wrote this poem, this actor. This actor's real name is Julian Burton. He wrote this, uh, this, this reminds me of the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer, which starts off at Vesuvio's or a yeah. stylized coffee shop around the corner in North Beach. And it's, it has Mike Myers' uh, thing. What's that? Oh man, I remember Whoa, that. Oh man, yeah. But it starts off with the history of a cappuccino as it goes through this 90s cafe. It's really uh -huh. cute. Yeah, you know, Roger Corman, I watched a documentary called That Guy, Dick Miller. Yeah. And he basically said, hey, well, let's go to a beatnik uh, coffee shop. Well, and yeah. The research for this film was on the Sunset Strip at all of these beatnik coffee houses. They just, he and Charles, the writer, Charles Griffith. They just Charles went Griffith. there, yeah, and got drunk. Interesting. Like, how many times, like, it's like, so you went to a coffee shop, and then you're like, now I could write coffee shop in the movie? <laughs> no, he, Corman was part of the beat, uh, let me, he's, I got a quote here from him about it. Uh, as, he's not a beatnik, really. Here it is. Uh, by the way, look at Dick Miller now. He's a busboy, and he's timid and frail. It's like he got damaged in life. Okay, right. that's his persona. The guy up there on the stage is pontificating poetry. Yay. Oh, is it Mike. my turn yet? Am I next on the list? Right. It's an open mic. It really is, Mike. It's an open mic. Okay. Uh -oh. Why is it? Get on the stage. Oh, the show's over. He's going like, don't fuck around with the guests. Get going. Hey. <laughs> that's Leonard. 
Now look, there's Aubrey. Audrey, oh. Audrey. You know, the documentary, Audrey and Dick Miller are in tons of movies. Because at one point, I think I was married to her. Like look at the Gremlins. talk show host, by the way. Oh, all right. Oh, we'll get back to him. Like they were married? Yeah, so in the movie Gremlins, Dick Miller's wife is Audrey. Right, right, right. And there's a bunch of films he was saying. I got to the point where I just figured I was married to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I watched this film thinking I was watching Mushnick and Audrey, right? right? And I wasn't at all. Roger Corman said this in 2016. I, being a young director and knowing lots of young directors, writers, hung out with a group that could be considered vaguely beatnik. Now, these beatniks predate the hippies, okay? But it's similar. Uh, yeah. I was not a beatnik. However, when we made Bucket of Blood, the beat scene was more or less at its peak. A Bucket of Blood was ultimately an affectionate, affectionate satire on a movement that was soon to be replaced by the hippie generation. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, then even in the documentary, it ties, connects the dots to the movie The Trip. Right. Where it was based, which Dick Miller was also in, where he was just basically, well, you know, I, I decided to take acid and make a movie <laughs> about my experience. Now we're finding out that this guy isn't really a beatnik. He's an undercover cop. Oh, now a, let's hear some good... Dick Miller, okay? Meek Bring Miller. on a multitude with a multitude of fishes. Feed them to the fishes for liver oil to nourish the artist. That was word for word. Repeating Maxwell's You mean you don't remember your own poem? Listen. You to say anything twice. Repetition is death. Repetition oh, is death. He's not going to say anything twice. Something. You are reliving a moment, wasting it, severing it from the other end of your life. I believe only in new impressions, new stimuli, new life. I thought you believed that life is an obscure hobo bumming a ride on a I do believe that <laughs> I also believe creative living. <laughs> to be uncreative, you might as well be in your grave or in the army. You tried to draft me once. Yeah. Couldn't pass the test. Couldn't pass the test. See, why are you fucking around? You got tables to bust. Yeah, right. Here he comes. Move it over like a mid manager. Le Leonard's watching you. Listen, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but I know I couldn't help but notice you didn't get to the other tables. Now she doesn't look like Audrey to me at all. Okay, we cut away from her. Listen, I don't want you to lose your job, but chop chop. Oh, we always say when we see like a, a, a nightclub and a and a movie, is it a yeah. real set or is it a this real? This is play? real. This is real. This is real. This is a set. Oh yes, you're right. It's a set. What I mean is like we talk about the myth of the nightclub in the forties, yeah. the myth of the punk club in the eighties. Right. This was real. They it was a coffee house essentially, and there were a bunch of hippie kind of beatniks in it. My second These question. Good. Where do I sign up? Where, oh, you just come. Yeah, where's the list? You just come and, yeah, get on the list. I'm Creatures from the bold beyond that of the afterlife of matter itself. I could just write these poems. Just wing it. I'm going to snap. I'll snap during the poetry, and then when you say a zinger, I'll go. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We're missing a lot of the beatnik cool stuff here. Okay, so... We've met really cool people and artists, and also we met a wimpy ass uh, busboy. Right. Now he's gawking at two people kissing, not understanding that he's being inappropriate. 
He's quirky. Oh, next thing you know, they want me to put my pants up. <laughs> Whoa, he can't Whoa. even kick the can. He can't. Oh my God, even... he died, Carl. He kicked the can. <laughs> he did die. Uh, 90, where was it? Oh. It was after the documentary. He was 19... pretty old than that. 2019, 2019. So he made it a long time. He missed the pandemic, poor guy. Now, here is uh, the grandma from last time, Myrtle Vale. Oh, so this is the, the, the this is considered a trilogy. This movie came first. We had watched yeah. uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which is second. And then there was some kind of like underwater monster thing. Yes, exactly. But it was connected by the humor the quickness and that it was a uh, collaboration between Charles Griffin, the, the screenwriter and Corman exactly. producing and directing. Exactly right. So he comes home and basically we learn that he's, you know, he's lives alone and his landlady's all concerned. When, when did you eat last? Oh yeah. That's back when landladies in LA were like, listen, tenant, um, I'm concerned about your health. Yeah, that's right. Because I want you to pay. Uh, let me just. Oh, look at it. That's called a tin can opener. God, that's so elaborate. Just to open a slits. <laughs> oh, look, now he's got some. That's some serious pot he's got. I forget what I was looking up. We were talking about something. I was going to look it up. Can I tell you something stupid I learned from the documentary? Yes, please. His name, Walter Paisley, this character's name has haunted this actor in all the movies he's done. He's done over 200 movies, right? Right, exactly. But he, because it was, he did like 10 Corman movies, the guys in, you know, American International or whatever, New Line, whatever, whatever the, the, the Corman company was in the 70s, yeah. they started hiring uh, Dick, Dick Miller again. I just watched him in, some, in uh, Hollywood Boulevard from, from the 70s. And they in that movie, Hollywood Boulevard, he played Walter Paisley. Walter Paisley, the same name. Same name. And they even had a prop. And in the movie, he showed it on, off it on his wall where it said proprietor Walter Paisley. Walter, <laughs> for several movies, like After Hours, he's named Walter. If you ever watch a Dick Miller movie, see what name he has. In several yeah, movies, he's be. named uh, Walter Paisley. In fact, this last movie from 2019, he was wrapped by Walter Paisley. Listen, I got to put up the sound. Okay. We hear a cat. Oh. What is Money's it? In... Venus Spiegelman? What is it? Venus Spiegelman, that's my old black cat. Is there a paint? Now look, he's trying to make us he's trying to be a sculpture. Sculptor. Oh my god, is that what happened to my cat Venus? <laughs> yes. Not yet. Not yet. There's the ears. Those are eyes. Tiny lips. Sparkling eyes. Okay. Oh, you need some potato head uh, yeah, hat and, and ears. That's <laughs> right. You could just pluck it in. Oh. Listen, the cat. That the darn cat. He's in distress. What's cat's up? I mean, what's up, cat? Uh oh. Hello. A different of a different pot than we saw before, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, you, the last one was more of a hybrid. Now look how he hit his head. I think that was on purpose and not like a. Shut up! He, he 
got stuck in the wall. You get yourself stuck in a wall. I hate that. Yeah, I hate when the cat gets stuck in the wall. I'm like, why don't you die and rot already? This I would never say that. Hey, watch, Mike. It's so fake. Look. Right through the wall. Now he stabbed the cat. This is like Hamlet. <laughs> is it? Yeah. He thought that behind the curtain there was a... a oh, right, cat. right. Yeah. This is like Hamlet. Now watch. The wall will be cut out already. Watch. See how it's already oh, yeah, cut right. out? Did he pull the, the wall right around the knife? Yes. Now, oh, oh, my poor stuffed animal. Look how it's rock hard like it has rigor mortis after one stab. Carl, I can confirm from stuffed animal. Does the stuffed animal get stabbed in the wall? Yeah. And... So these references to Dick Miller being like Walter Paisley are all over. Like The Howling, 1981. Twilight Zone movie, 1983. Chopping uh, Mall in 86. That's right. Chopping Mall. You already Daniels. mentioned... Uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And like you said, if his, if his last name isn't Paisley, okay, first of 10 roles where Dick Miller's character's last name is Paisley or his first name is Walter or both. Crazy. So we were doing all the same Corman movies. He did a bunch no. of movies up front. Yes. And then he was associated, of course, with Joe Dante, who put Dick Miller in every one of his films, including Burying the X. Like, mm -hmm. from 2014. He was really old in that movie, Dick Miller, but he was in it. Yeah, his press photo when he comes up on IMDb is that time. Old guy? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's weird is that he has this tattoo. I saw it in Hollywood Boulevard, and he shows it in the documentary. And obviously the 70s and 2010s, uh, it's like that cool age soldier tattoo, you know. Well, it's a World War II tattoo. On trucking? Yeah, no, it's it's a naked lady, and he, he points to his wife, who he had married for, for, for decades, but after the tattoo, he goes, yeah, this is Elaine right here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> is this, uh, so he killed the cat by mistake. No, it wasn't by mistake. He stabbed him in the wall. Well, it was by mistake. He was going to cut the wall to release the cat. And I felt this paw, this dog paw, pushing my head through the wall. I didn't know what happened. I thought a crawl. Bark, bark. Bark. Quiet spot. He's stuck in the wall. Bark, bark, knife. Okay. I'll get the knife. <laughs> What's that, Lassie? You want me to stab him? I thought bark, I just wanted bark. to cut around. Okay. Now, look. There's Audrey by the it isn't Audrey as I see her. Her name in this is um Carla. Look at it's inappropriate to have Carla's uh watching. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Now look, the internet swears in the bottom right will see the boom mic shadow. I never okay. see it. Keep watching the bottom right. Okay, what he did is he took clay and he put it over his cat. He just <laughs> perfectly shaped the to the cat. And, of course, they're just going to think he's a sculptor. I don't see a boom mic. Do you see a boom mic? No, maybe it's colorized. Out. Do you see a boom, comma, Michael, like Mike? Yeah. I Do you we... hear a boom, comma, Mike? <laughs> boom. I see no boom, Carl. I hear no boom, Carl. 
<laughs> Yellow dog. Do you think? No, boom. Okay, so they're like, holy shit, this is really fucking good, you know? And, of course, uh, Leonard's being judgmental, but but uh, Carla here is genuine, you know? It, it's a really good work. Now, look at it, Mike. Do you really uh -huh. think that's the most magnificent thing you've ever seen? I, I mean, I just checked. Does the good cat way. get stabbed and covered in plaster.com? And it says yes. It says uh, yes. It's in the script. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put it in the corner. It's of the ugly. So, it's, you know, this is a kind of a jarring movie because it is, he has a cat with a knife. Maybe stop. They call this a slasher film, but I really don't think it's appropriate. Well, because he slashed the cat? Well, he never. No, they just call it like. Um, one of the first slasher movies ever made, albeit a com comedic and not very serious slasher. But the thing is, he never slashes anybody. Well, he kills for his art, right? Is that what's going to happen? Yes, Ooh, that... five deaths, including the cat. Right, because cats are people too. Cats are people too. They even have their own Facebook page, right, Venus? Meow. Don't say yes to the man. Yes, yes, that's correct, Carl. I'm not <laughs> under my cat's control at all. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy, man. It's like he stabbed the cat and then put plaster around it. Mike, is it hanging? What, how's it hanging? <laughs> oh, good. How are you? Mike's my cat. Get to work. Get to oh, work, bitch. I don't see a boom, Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's over. Come here, Walter. Now, Look at that we've now had our inciting incident, and things are going to change for Walter starting now. I will pontificate. To be the work of a master sculptor. Indeed, you are right. Indeed, so it is. That master sculptor is in our midst. Whoa! He's our very own busboy, whose hands of genius have been carrying away the empty cups of your frustration. Hands of genius. Mark well, this lad. His is the silent voice of creation. Whoa! Within the dark, rich soil of humility, he blossoms as the hope of our nearly sterile century. He does not. He doesn't do... Bring me an espresso, Walter. Oh, zing. Man, you are in. Oh, Walter, it was yes, wonderful. The greatest ever. Uh, that was such a great speech that he gave about you. Hey, let's crowd around the guy who got a speech. Now here comes talk show host again. What do you so do? You, what talk show host was he doing? Well, he did. Okay, here he is. Um, he did Tattletales. <laughs> he did oh. Super Password. He did, he did uh, Draw. Okay, so is, he's not Wink Warnendale. He's not Buck. right. Yes. All okay. right. Huh? He's Bert Convy. And oh. look, he was an actor. He he was all over TV and everything. He was a singer, but he got fame as a talk show host and a panelist. 
Now, look, this guy got picked up by the Phillies when he was 17 years old. That's pretty cool. And he right. played, like, minor league baseball for two years. Um, also, he was in this band called The Cheers in 1950, and they had a top 10 hit. The, uh, what is hit it about? Everybody yeah. knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers. It, it's um, Black. Check out the name of the song. Black denim trousers and motorcycle boots. <laughs> Listen to this. I dug it. My cat. She's in love with, with Walter. Like wickedest thing I've ever seen. Walter, you've thing. done something to me. Something deep down inside of my prana. <laughs> I want to be with you. Let's do it. Right there in the coffee shop? Right, right there in the coffee shop. And I want to be warm. See, that's nice of you, Naolia. Yeah. Walter, take me away. Take me away to some cool blue place. Gas. This is still a troll when she was... I'll go home with you. No, Mrs. Wicked wouldn't like that. She's my landlady. Isn't there anything I can do for you? Game show host loves it. so, Naolia. Walter... I can't let you just split like this. I've got to do something. I've got to contribute. She's got to contribute, Mike. You don't have to do anything. Wait. Wait, there is one thing I can do. One little thing. Don't leave, Walter. Okay. I want to give you something. Don't leave, Walter. Something that'll make you remember me. Well down, Walter. We still got 10 more minutes to kill. Now, this actress's last name is Burton, Jean Burton, just like our Maxwell, you know, the pontificator, Julian Burton. So I right. have searched law, high and low for them like that. I just thought, oh, it's his wife or something. Nope, no relation, no. Okay, now, right. but Naomi, her name isn't Naomi, Naola. And also, the actress's name is Jean, but it's J-H-E-A-N. Isn't that interesting? J-H-E-A-N. H-E-I-N? E-I-N? No. Yeah. It's Jean, like J-E-A-N, but the H is in the middle there. J-H-E-A-N. Oh. Okay, now, what Niola gave him is heroin. That's what she gave him, heroin. And talk show host is an undercover cop. That's right. That's right. He now, was the host of the, the giveaway was a show. Uh, people are narking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he killed the cat by mistake. Okay. Yes. He is going to now have a second victim, and again, it's kind of self-defensey, and he's like a weirdo, so he freaks out. Wilshop was next. He said in the documentary, I didn't want to be typecast. You know, he was not typecast, but he didn't, he, I already did that role. He, there was no sequels back then, and I didn't want to do the same thing again. Of course, and, yeah. Uh, and he gave it, and Jonathan Hayes is in the documentary, old Jonathan Hayes, his best buddy. Yeah. From Wilshop. You know, he does say what she told me last week, which was that he, he gave the role to, he recommended Jonathan Hayes and that Jackie. Um. He recommend Jonathan Hayes recommended uh, Charles Charles Griffin as a writer to Corman. Cool. Okay, let's listen. I also saw that chick lay these on you. Oh, that was Naolia. She's a nice girl. Kind of strange though. 
because I get headaches as soon as I see Hey, Walter, who's your connection? Connection? connection. Who do you score yeah. from? Yeah, come on. I got you red-handed. You're under arrest. That's yeah, really heroin? Look, how's it colorized? Is it black tar or? <laughs> what? What, nothing? It's Chinese it looks like white pills to me. Isn't heroin white? Oh, cop <laughs> you're not cool you're not you're not one of the cool kids you don't even know what heroin looks like i am i have the same hair as dick miller if cool. i said to you can i give you smack you'd say yes and i would go and i'll smack you back <laughs> oh smack. cop gun cop gun prop gun prop gun <laughs> now look <laughs> You do not threaten uh, a guy with a frying pan. Why? Because he will go bong. Oh, well, you got you got ketchup all over his pan. Now we don't see him on the floor, do we? This is the writer's grandmother. She was the flapper you told me last week. She's she a radio was radio flapper. Uh, yeah, she was never a flapper, but on radio, yeah, there was a soap opera that she was a big part of called Myrtle and Marge or some crap. I forget. It's not in front of me. And she wasn't, she played an old retired flapper. Um, let me just see if I can find her here. Um, here she is. It was called Mert and Marge. Maybe that is what I said. Yeah. She's from Hawthorne, New Jersey. Shout out. Shout out. Um. She was on the radio from 32 to 46, and that was her fame, because you could be famous from the radio back then. 32 to 46? Um, yes. That's a good chunk of change. Yeah, oh. that is. And, and then her success went away. She tried to revive it a million times. These Corman films are part of that. The first yes. film that her grandson ever wrote, you know, Charles Griffin, was like another... Okay. Here's where we get buck, uh, another thing from Myrtle in March. Here's where we get bucket of blood from. But is it a bucket or like a saucepan? It's a spaghetti pan. Maybe he's making bucket of sauce. Isn't it too low for, it's wide enough for a spaghetti pan. No, that could be a spaghetti pan. No, you know what? That would definitely, that's definitely on my bucket of blood list. <laughs> now, this movie is incorrectly named because right now it will go away. This bucket of blood will never see it again. It doesn't get filled up. It's they shouldn't oh, run it. it. They just exploited it. What? They exploited the bucket. <laughs> that bucket gets no residuals. No. Oh, He's talking himself. He's figuring out now. I could do it again. Just took some clay and fixed it up. You just took some clay, you know, with the cat. Yeah. Go home and make something, Walter. You hear the dripping of the blood in the Shut background? Up. Drip, drip, drip. The sax playing. Shut this up, saxophone player. You heard. I haven't got another case. But you've got a cop. Now this cop's calling up, going, no, we haven't seen him. Nobody knows where he is. No, you know what? I checked match game AM and PM. <laughs> I checked... I flipped through Game Show Network, AMC. I, I can't find him. I can't find him.
Okay, now a discovery is going to be made. All right. Yeah. Leonard is like dead cat. cat. He's admiring the cat, and then he's going to notice a little bit of fur coming out of it. Whoa! Oh, hey, cat crack. Cataract. Oh, cat, cat crack. don't crack. Did he land on his feet? <laughs> he's not a real cat. Look, fur. He is a real cat. Holy shit! Oh, holy shit! What a psycho! Yes. What a psycho. Dick what a proto-slasher, albeit in a comedy. An horror comedy, oh, God forbid. Now, Leonard knows the secret, but the thing is, even though he's down on Walter, you're the bus boy. Let's go, chop, chop. He still likes the guy, and he feels bad for him that he's like such a uh, nerd. But so he doesn't, he doesn't reveal. Say anything. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. Oh, okay, you're an Angelino. Where are we? We are in Venice Beach, California. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, because you grew up in Los Angeles. Right. This is Venice Beach. Beach. I don't know those cop cars. Now, this guy, he would go on to have a bit of success. So they're singing about a convicted murderer, right? This is perfect for the film. The guitar player and singer at the nightclub, Alex Hasselev, who was soon to form the popular folk trio, The Limelighters, with Louis Gottlieb and Glenn Yarbaugh. So I look them up and they are a thing, but I don't know. What's a limelighter? Yeah, it's L-I-M-E, like the fruit. Right. And then L-I-T-E-R-S, light, L-I-T-E, light. Oh, lighters. I would say a lemon is a lot lighter than a lime. I would say that if you look at them floating in a cup together, the lime is is a deeper. Okay, so now he's like, okay, let's see. He's not the artist. He knows that it's a cat, a real cat. It's a big idea. Idea? Oh, and then he's going to show up with a new portrait, a a cop, a life-size person. Okay, so... He was going to, you know, he's terrified that it's a real cat, but now a guy wants to give him a hundred bucks for it. Right? So Wait, he doesn't just, what? 1959, that money. <laughs> yeah, actually, 1959 money. You know, usually I look that up, Mike, right? I didn't do it this time, but I did look up on uh, Google and in 1959, that was worth a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Well, all right, I'll have to take Google's word for that. In 1959, 100 bucks. Was, I like the guy, though, is he wearing like a, a Rebs? You know, yeah, right? he's, it, no, it's, it's con- like a Confederate. Confederate. Yeah, Confederate. Crazy, what is it called? He's from the East. Uh, murdered man. Murdered man, he wrote. Anytime. Now look, look at Leonard's face, because Leonard knows he might have killed someone. Once it was called, the third time Phyllis saw me, she exploded. What kind of a statue was that? I don't know. It's made out of driftwood and dipped in fluoric acid. It's very wild. What? Killing me. The Corman just kills me. Beatniks. Nothing. 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 Except that I might be standing next to a murderer. They got wheat germ bagel. Too much. Is he trying to be shocking by wearing the Confederate uniform? He's trying to trigger you, Mike. No, they're beatniks. Right? The one oh. guy's wearing like a motorcycle cap, the other I guy's know. wearing like 
I mean, they're just trying, they're just trying to be cool. Okay. So now he's like, I will give you fucking $200 for the cat. I'll give you $300 for the cat. He goes, look, look, buddy. Listen, I'll give you $500. So then the guy's like, $500 fucking dollars. Yeah. $800 for the cat? Now we're only at $300. I know I'm going out of my mind, but I've been collecting art pieces all over Europe for years. All over Europe? All got over it. Europe. Easily has got it. I want to buy it. How he got to Venice Beach, I'll never know. Very sure that I get it, I'll pay you $500. Myrtle, hold my call. Did you say $500? Yeah, right. Hang up his old-timey phone. Now, if, right, for $500, if it was me, I'd be like, Sir, do you know that this is 1959? $500. Okay, the cat said, bye. Right. Now, definitely. By the way, he will only ever give Walter 50 bucks, by the way. <laughs> Out of the 500? Yeah, because he said a guy wants to get buy the cat for $100, so he just sticks to his story. Oh, I got to tell you, there's a funny line Dick Miller says in Hollywood Boulevard. He's an agent, and he goes, he's on the phone. He's like, what do you got? A donkey show? Any tap dances? Am I interested? Bring your ass up here. <laughs> okay, now we're going to see Murdered Man, his new... And watch how bad this guy Leonard acts. He's, he's not doing a good job being an actor, I don't think. And I bet you he'd smack my face if he was here, because I'm so ballsy to say that. His name is Anthony Carbone. Anthony Carbone. He was all over low-budget horror films of Roger Corman in, this, er, in the late 50s, early 60s. He was once on The Big Valley. You know, a TV show. Oh, yeah, there he goes. There goes Leonard. So he's just not acting well. I think he's just like... I mean, if you're scared that somebody's a murderer, do you do this? Like, he's trying to contain himself from exploding out of his body. What is he doing? Yeah, I hear you, man. He's doing something, right? He's well, yes, acting. he's doing something. Yes, he is acting. Oh, whoa! It's and sick, man. The city. Like, yeah. Now, Murdered Man is pretty gross. Do you see its scar down its, its sure. forehead? Yeah. When I look at this person, I cannot believe I thought it was Audrey for a whole watching of the film she does not look like audrey look at that cracked in the middle right this is a wonderful work yes i love it the way it's severed like a, like a are you okay leonard are you acting i'll tell you yes will you cover it up again please huh please So Leonard's gonna sell it. All this nonsense. Why do you want to hide it? Well, Leonard did something greedy with the cat, but he will not have the gumption to sell a role of yeah. He won't have the role of a money grubber in this film. We're we're past that scene, and is he gonna call the cops? Go on and murder? No, people are narking. <laughs> He goes, whoa, 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 don't come too close to me, bitch. It's hot again. 
But it would take you years to make that many statues. But your work would be featured. It's a wonderful idea, Walter. It's the only way to gain... He was right to decline Little Shop of Horrors after this film. Dick Miller? Yeah. Why? It's the same character. No way, man. You would, you would think they would be a little, Seymour would be a little slumpier? No, Seymour was a lovable fool, right? Right. Uh, Dick Miller in this thing is, a, or Walter Paisley is like <clears throat> a confused, insecure, and stupid man who's a, lo who's a loner. He's got, he's got to have some history of damage. It, right. Another thing is, they talk about this as if it's a comedy. It's all over the internet like this is a comedy. I'm not laughing. I think it's a drama. Now, look, he's giving him 50 bucks for the cat. Faith in you, Walter. $50 for something I made. Now you're a professional. Right, not $250. No, $500. Well, oh, $500. You split, mm -hmm. you split it 50-50? Yes, that was the deal. So basically what he said is, Walter, we're not showing this at the cafe. What you've got to do is make a bunch of works and then we'll show you all at once, like at a gallery with uh, people that, you know, yay, for the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. ever. Oh, hello, writer's grandma. Oh, shows up, landlord shows up right now. Whoa, look at that. Yeesh. Yeesh. She doesn't like it. Have a nice night. So that explains the smell. Okay, here this he goes. This guy's still on stage? Give him a light. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. Why you gotta be so rude? <laughs> Don't you know I'm human? Why you gotta be gotta so rude? Gotta be so rude. Gonna bury that girl. Walter will bury her anyway. Bury that girl. Bury her anyway. For a second exhibit. Walter Berry things. That's my second exhibit. See, like, is this comedic relief? It just seems no, like they're cool. acting like... This else. is a trauma. This is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> no. They gotta uh, tell... school kids? College kids? They're Sunset Boulevard dropouts. Oh, here's uh -huh. the artist. Okay, now Walter's made 50 bucks. Oh, and that's 1950s money. So right. he's got to spend. He could spend five bucks and have a great night. That's what he's about to do. See, he's all cocky. 500 five cent comic books, please. That's right. We're going to a and a piece of papaya cheesecake and a bottle of Yugoslavian white wine. Whoa. Hello, Maxwell. How are you? How are you? He's one of the clique now. So now you see he's starting to like fame. Now, when he killed the cat, it was a mistake. When he killed the cop, it was kind of a mistake. It was a panic-stricken self-defense. Right. There was a gun out, right? So right. it was self-defense. Now we've got a cocky, cocky Walter. I'm a sculptor now. So... His next murder. It's going to be all these dudes? It <laughs> No, but it will be homicide. It won't be manslaughter. It will be. Now, this girl is an asshole, and we are set up to hate her so okay. that when she gets killed later, it's okay. We're still sympathetic to Walter. <clears throat> Why are we sitting with the bus boy? 
I'm a model, you know. I only charge $25 an hour. Which is outrageous. Like to do me? I just might. Never mind that. Huh? I was going to try free form. What? Here you go again. You can't take my pigeonhole his aunt. As a matter of fact, I was going to suggest to Walter that he try a female figure. As a change from the violent death thing. You really should, Walter. You know, yeah, why don't you line up, Walter? You like, yeah. I'll be your model for free. Whoa! Not you. And what? if you're going to be an artist, you've got to do nudes. Nudes. Right, nudes. right. Yeah. right. Look, Maxwell Nobody thinks these people are beneath him. Look. That's a good line. Right, well, because don't they bust coffee shops and send you off to night court? The bus boy. What do you think you're talking about? Don't shout at me. I don't like you. Nobody asked you, Walter. What the fuck, dude? Simple little farm boy, and the rest of us are all sophisticated beatniks. <laughs> That's all, man. Let's split. Everybody hates her. Yeah, man. And we're supposed yeah. to hate her, too. So that when she dies, it's cool. It's cool. Better woman. Now, um, Carla says, you can do me for free. And she goes, oh, I couldn't do you, Carla. Because, because Walter knows it means killing whoever he's going to do. He's just going to smear clay over the top of them. <laughs> Look at this. Finger. Everybody hates her. What did I, like I say? You're a jerk. Alice? You're obnoxious. Oh, an idiot. obnoxious. He's just Alice. an idiot. It's interesting. Little Shop is, is, no, it was Skid Row. It was another Los Angeles film. It was Skid Row. It was another L.A. film for sure. Yeah. Cop. Oh, really? No, yeah, not this time. Good. It's Walter. It's a good disguise being Walter, right? Right. Okay, so basically you know what's going to happen now. Okay, so maybe I'll tell you something. Um, Maxwell, right? When he showed up to the premiere, he showed up in a tuxedo and sandals. You'll see that throughout this whole film. He wears sandals. People thought he did it because he did it in the film, but the truth is he had swollen feet. Is that oh, that's great. I love it. I think okay. my character should wear sandals. Okay, Walter, that's fine. Let's be more Project of a jerk. Ignite. Oh, you're a jerk. You deserve to be strangled. So this is the turn. This is no longer self-defense. Right. He went right over to her apartment to kill her. Oh. Oh. Like you to pose for it. Remember what I said about my pride? You'll give me money. So that's it. They're gonna go. Okay. Um. Okay. That Anthony Carbone, who I was such a jerk to as an actor. Yeah. You see, he keeps on walking with his cane, limping. People just assumed he was hurt, and Roger Corman said, "I don't care. We're shooting, right?" But right. no. The guy did it on purpose to I actually don't him. like that cane. That got in the way and stuff. Yeah? Yeah, like they were passing something around and his cane was in the middle of it. Okay. I don't remember the scene. I just, I, of course, probably 10 minutes ago. Dick Miller really didn't like the low budget of this film. It, it, He thought that it didn't help it. It hurt it. 
and I agree with them. At the end of the film, uh, I, I don't want to ruin it, even though I ruin everything. I already told you five people die. I told you she's going to die. Nobody watching this movie. Right. So I don't see a boom mic, Carl. I'm looking at the shadow. I thank you. In the end, keep a lookout. Keep a lookout. In the in the end, um, they don't spend money on the ending, and it really hurts it. It really hurts it. You know, Little Shop of Horrors had a really anticlimactic ending. It was yeah. paper mache pictures of people's bad pictures of people's faces. That's up right. Yeah. And okay, look, full backle nudity. Wow, colorized. Um, he yeah. Um, in the end of of Little House. He gets into the plant with a knife, okay? But we never see it. We never see him getting eaten and killing the plant at the same time. And right. in the very end of the film, when we see Walter's face, we don't know that the plant is dead. Look, strangling. I'm strangling you with the scarf that couldn't strangle you. Okay. Hey, guys, you should check out my new thing. Whatever happened to that mean girl, Alice? That's right. Uh, Dick Miller was only the lead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you're you were obnoxious. He's obnoxious. He didn't have to kill her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Obnoxious people like deserve a good bitch slap. They don't deserve sure. at most a bitch slap. Look, look at the scarf he's wearing. It's hers. Alice's. It's hers. Yeah. You're obnoxious, Alice. Um, though Dick Miller is a recognizable veteran actor and has appeared in well over 100 movies, this film is one of only three that he has the starring role. Do you, do you have the list of the other two? Yeah, they're like 50s BS ones. Oh, rock and roll all night. The, the right? His wife said that he's more like, he's not like Walter Paisley. He's more like the character from Rock All Night. They, they showed that one. It looked really good. It yeah, it's called Rock All Night. Exactly right, and he is a so that's more like his real life self. She's yeah. She's no, a, the other one's War of the Satellites, nineteen fifty eight. War of the Satellites, yeah, that was actually what I think uh, got him uh, Corman's attention, or I don't know, something like that. That's Someone's attention got called. He might have been that might have been a Corman movie. So I'll be quiet on that. <laughs> See how she's looking up? Yeah. Because that's how she got stabbed. So he plastered her like her body? Yeah, that's all he did from all of them. Now you see that kiss? Yeah. Walter will take something, take that very seriously. He's going to fall for Carla if he hasn't already. They they bring up Jack Nicholson because Nicholson was in Little Shop of Horrors and he was also in The Terror with this crazy Boris Karloff movie that Dick Miller was in it. Right. And his wife's like, you know, he's not bitter, but you know, he because he he got to a point in his career where he didn't wasn't getting work. Well, okay. You know, and so to see like a guy like Nicholson make it big, he probably got burned out of it. Yeah. But, that but then suddenly he got tons of work. Okay, so right now, Walter sits up there as a king. They're throwing a little party for him. And he's really being drunk and... Sad. He, yeah, he's trying to be conceited, but he doesn't know how to do it. I know I'm 
this is a compliment not to the writer, but to the actor, Dick Miller, really, more than anything else. He's the one who's letting us, you know, being with, uh, he's really, okay, let's just turn it on. Sure. I'll shut up. Paisley is born. Duncan knows. This photo is an old, always used as a promotion. Him sitting folded on these saddest things. Yeah. We know that Walter Paisley is born. Bring rubber bells, beat cotton gongs, strike silken cymbals, play rubber bells, the cats and cans, and you and I, and all such things with souls. We shall he hear that to keep it down. Look at the undercover cop. He's like, This is fucking stupid. He's a black hat. I don't think he's a cop. Oh, yes. You saw him on the phone. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Maxwell, that well, you're not Maxwell. one of the hip guys like so, me. Um, I mean, you, you should come every... down to uh, 1958 and hang with me and the boys. We, uh... We'll go to Sunset Boulevard where it's filled with coffee houses. Oh, it's the cat's meow. Yeah. Oh, now, that's, that's a joke because that's earlier. Yeah, that, that means we square. went too far back. Got to go a little forward. <laughs> No, no, your present is our past. We need to get to the future, which is our past. Kill the divergent timeline. <laughs> Kill it. Drunk ass bitch. You He's should slow down. Is it crazy that like the jukebox could have been Fonzie's jukebox from the mid 50s? <laughs> well, it's very apropos. You saw those 50s police cars. They look ridiculously bubbly. Sure. It is the 50s right now. It's the very last second of the 50s, but... But, I mean, you also have, like, you know, EC Comics and Mad Magazine and all the kind of smart stuff on TV and some movies. So, like, he's definitely in the zeitgeist. His film, you know, being this black is kind of... This humor is funny. I mean, his early early version of it. Look at how drunk he is. Yeah, well, here, let's see here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, oh, speech is over. Oh, wait, wait more. The bard speaks. He's just now, like... This is a voiceover? Yeah, he's, he's like... Um, he's patting himself on the back. What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next, Walter? How you call that? Okay, now, we had an accident with the cat. We had self-defense with the cop. We had murdering a jerk. Now we have murdering a random nobody. So he is degenerated now. Now, the reason he wants to do it is they love him. He needs to do it again or they're going to forget. Or they'll think it's a fluke. He needs another statue. God damn it, right now. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. Would I? Now, American International Pictures, AIP, they came to him in the middle of 59 and said, Corman, we are in trouble. He goes, yeah. 
and he goes, okay, this is the random killing. He goes, we need you to do a movie in five days and we'll give you 50 grand. He's like, oh, that sounds great, boss. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, handshake. So he didn't want to do a straight horror film. Um, so it was Charles Griffin. Uh, it was really Griffin and him who got together and they came up with this. Watch, he gets his head sliced off here. Gross. Oh, yeah. where's the colorized blood? Exactly. There it is in the box. Now, who knows? In the box? Who knows better than anyone but our bad actor that Walter kills people? Maybe now, he's. A, I haven't really watched this movie in a long time, but maybe. Yeah, no, you're right. His acting's not that great. Listen, I'm not gonna... listen. Nope. You often talk about gilding the lily, right? You right. have a guy going extra, extra, guy gets killed in your plot of your movie. It's a little bit. A little bit. Oh, my but God. But that's the horror. The guy says it, and he's, what does he show up ahead? He's acting, 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 acting. Put it back. Put it down. I'm falling into a vortex of acting. <laughs> Um, they they developed the idea and basic outline of the film in one day. Uh, the genesis was an evening Griffith spent drifting around with the beatnik coffee houses on the sunset strip with Corman, observing the scene, tossing ideas, reactions back and forth until we had a basic story. And also, they knew this film called The Mystery of the Max Wax Museum. It was with Vincent Price, Mystery of the Max wax museum and of course you can guess they he put dead people in wax right was that the 3d movie i don't think so I it think was so, it starts off with you know those ping pong those plastic balls on a paddle but it's 1932 oh 30 oh you're right okay it can't but if no, it was 52, the... okay. i think of the house of wax oh the house of wax look he's in the tuxedo and the sandals Right. I did not, but I'm going anyway, not to drink his champagne, to see Walter's triumph. Now, After that, tonight... No more. Hi, Maxwell. I won't say good luck, Walter. Why not? Why not? It imply you could not succeed on your ability alone. Ridiculous! Okay, so, tonight is a big show of all his um, statues at the coffee house and oh, yeah and and Leonard Leonard sort of put this together I don't understand why like it's a flaw in the film he, he found out that this guy is killing 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 so he says I'll tell you what let's do a show tonight at the club I don't get why yeah no right he should have called the cops or at least figured out one of the patrons is a cop now look what this jerk does with the ashes. Wow. Did you see I, it? Yeah, her request is a dump in a Disney World. <laughs> now, this is the scene in which, you know, Walter's like, do you love me? Will you marry me? You know, and, he, and she won't. Of course I do. That means you like me. I like you very much, Walter. I, I, I thought you did. I can't how you kissed me the other night. 
Well, I was just kissing you. Carla, I've been alone for a long time, and, and I know you've been alone because you never seem to go out with anybody, even though Leonard's always asking you to go out with him, and I just... What Stop you in your head, Walter. What do you think I'm trying to say, girl? Will you murder me? Will I murder you? Walter, will you murder me? I don't want to make statues anymore. I want to get married to you. Look at Dick Miller's quivering lip. He's so good. How long have you been thinking about this, Walter? Oh, for a long time. Ever since you first came to work at the club. You were the only one who was ever nice to me. I didn't know you loved me until you kissed me. Ah, uh, I don't love you! A kiss is but a kiss. I do like you. Don't hurt his feelings. And I did kiss you. Let the murderer down easy. Yeah. That was because of your work. There's more to being in love with someone than just that. There is? That so you don't love You mean you don't love me? No. I'm afraid I mean, your hair's cool. But... But you gotta love me. Why do you think I made that statue of Alice? Walter, I'm sorry, but You I... just can't be sorry. I want to marry you. Now calm down, Walter, and let's go in there and... And then maybe when the show's over, we can talk about it. Well, tomorrow. I want to talk about it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Penguin loves yeah. it. He's not going to murder her right now, here. now. He doesn't really get mad at her. It's more Nobody like knows it's to immortalize her. You'll see. Carla. Yes? Will you do one favor for me? Yes? Just about anything, Walter. Would you let me make a statue of you? Would you really like to? <laughs> That'd make me very happy. Yeah, to get murdered? Okay. <laughs> Would it's you a like... perfect crime. You can take the body, plaster it, sell it at art. <laughs> at that, that coffee shop that's somehow open on, on Sunset. <laughs> Dying man, dead man, murdered man, murdered man. Murdered man. Okay, now... I just want to say that films like this, you know, we've heard of Grindhouse and all that, but this was very new. Cheap teen movies for drive-in markets. That's what they were. This was kind of before Grindhouse. Cheap right. teen movies before drive for newly. It was a new thing. It just started, and it gave people like Corman a life. Yeah, they don't totally. care about I the quality. Just knock it out. Right, totally. I agree. It's interesting, in Hollywood Boulevard, they go to a drive-in, and one of the movies is The Terror, and they say, hey, Walter, that's you. He goes, yeah, I used to be an actor. Is that a joke? What? What? So in the movie Sunset Boulevard, uh -huh. oh, no, Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. Dick Miller plays Walter Paisley, a, a talent agent. Oh, and okay. And they go see a drive-in movie, and <clears throat> they show a <laughs> Yeah, they show a Corman clip of him. And in the movie, he goes, oh, yeah, that's back when I was an actor. <laughs> Before I was an agent. If only I had 10% of everybody. Now, look, look, that movie. look, the losers came in the door. Hey, guys, war's over. You lost. We got the bread. We're not open for business. This is an art exhibit. No bumps, Captain. Uh, that art is about man. Ooh. And he's sober. Yeah. Ow. Well, that's his problem. Whoa, man. 
Come on, Corman needs you for the next movie. You are not invited. Bad Nicks. Okay, now, in this film, uh, according to the guy I continue to criticize as a bad actor, it had the spirit of having fun, and Corman realized that while making the film, and it helped him with other films he made, like Little Shop. Now, look, she will now discover uh, a finger, the pinky. Okay, so some uh, of the clay rubbed off, and there was a pinky under it. So now she realizes there are bodies in the statue. Well, that's Alice. It's all right, Carla. Maxwell says it's all right. Let them become clay in his hands that he might mold them. Walter, you stay away from me. Don't you see, Carla? Yeah. I made them immortal. Immortal? Don't you see, I can do the same for you. Immortal. <laughs> So Our now, cat's out of the bag. This dude is a murderer, and he's oh, obviously facing. Yeah. Now she will see it too. The paint, the finger, and she's gonna. Eee. You know. Now everybody knows. And even oh, Maxwell yeah. will be like, Walter Paisley is a murderer. Also, why am I drinking coffee with dead bodies everywhere? Now, these guys have revealed themselves to be cop. This guy has revealed himself to be a cop. What's that? The yellow door. It's the yellow door, but they didn't yeah. colorize it to be yellow. <laughs> well, maybe in real life it wasn't. <laughs> it's a choice you could make, right? They should have. Right. Yeah, not as a director, but you know, possibly a, a color colorizer can make the decision for you. Now we are heading towards the end here, and again, in Corman-like fashion, it's a chase. Uh, that's what we saw in Little Shop. Right. And okay, this other film, I never saw it. Uh, here it is. You're right. It's underwater, right? Creature from the Haunted Sea. Right, it's which I never saw known to me. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Well, I don't think it's in the public domain. That's why we did this one in Little Shop, so... Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> no, they're great films, and uh, no, no one's done these movies before. Here's something that I don't like about the film, but it's cool. How could they know? All of a sudden, he starts hearing the voices of the people He can't hide just because we're in clay, and he isn't. That's weird. The clay people are talking to me. Go home, Walter. He won't know where else to go. Okay, so you hear what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. the whole film, he wasn't a psychotic or something. That's not why he killed. He killed to keep his statue, stature. He killed to keep his, you know, you for think the, it's the actual souls. It's the actual souls telling him this. Like maybe it's not in his head. Maybe it is the ghost. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is the souls. It's not explained. Yeah. But that's what I mean. There was no preamble to. And like, how come if the landlord lady, if the landlord lady was like, my aunt, aunt Ether, Mer, you know, my aunt Mermel speaks to me when I, you know, when I was a girl, 
there was no setup that I interrupted though. Go ahead. No, I was saying you're right. There's no setup. And also we just heard one guy. I wanted to hear Obnoxious Alice rip. You well, call no, we that heard a murder? We heard yeah, that Alice. Well, we're What's right now we're hearing the soundtrack of Little Shop. Oh right. You were saying that the composer just renamed it and gave it to Corman. Exactly. Fritz, Fritz, what's his name? Well, this came first, so he probably reused it for Little Shop. Yeah. Or had reused it. Cellist Fritz Katz. This score was used in a total of seven films, including The Wasp Woman, Creature from the Haunted Sea. That's that third one in this trilogy. Every time Katz was called upon to write music for Corman, Katz sold the same score as if it was new music. What an ass. I, is he? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think maybe they just had a launder money? It it is actually you're right. It is an asshole thing to do. Don't know why Corman didn't notice. Okay, now he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. So he's going to do something that's good about the film. He will now put himself in clay, and he'll hang himself and die. Yeah. He will immortalize himself. Let's hear. Okay. But the they have no budget, so they don't put him in clay. You'll see. Here's what I'll do. I'm Dick Miller. I'll improvise this scene. I'll take a piece of rope, right? And then I'll <laughs> hang myself. Look at these. Yeah. I'll be bees knees, I tell you. This film calls for him to be a statue like his other ones. But he's not. Look at his hair. Watch this. I have to do a shock face. <gasps> and roll him. Look at that. You just put a little clip. Kind of, yeah. Uninspired. Repetition. Right. Repetition is death. Oh, no, the Good hangout movie, huh? Carl, what'd you think of this movie? I enjoyed it. I think it was good. Yeah, it's like a good Twilight Zone movie. It's not too long. It's a, it's a good feature length film, 17 minutes or so. No, I have criticisms about the film. I mean, you just heard me talking about how ghosts show up or he's right. insane or something. And also, um, the, well, I forget right now this very second, but I had a few criticisms, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I still enjoyed the film from start to finish. Yeah, and I always remember this movie as a scary film. He kills people in cold blood and then, yeah. you know, passes it off to the art, which is the best parody. That's satire right there, Carl. That's some good satire. Mm. Death oh, imitates ooh, art. Party. Yeah, right? Death equals art. Oh, art equals death. Uh, commerce, right? Yeah, man. Art is commerce, dude. That is so non-materialistic. But Dick Miller is great in this yeah. movie. He's so good in this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I love it. Yeah, of course. Classic. That little shop. I've never seen the underwater film, but maybe one day I will. Yeah. Thank you, Charles Griffin. All right, Carl. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Carl, for watching this movie several times, getting this fantastic research, uh, guiding us through Bucket of Blood, 1959. Produced, written, produced, directed by Corman himself, Roger Corman with Dick Miller. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next Sunday at 2 p.m. on UTRadio.fm. <laughs> I, you know, I've been hanging out here outside. I wish they let me in here. I, two, seven, eight, one. 
And uh, Carl, we'll be back next Sunday. We'll be back on YouTube and we'll be back on your podcast feed. So hope to see you then. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. God, how many? That's ten letters, right? It stands for Let's Watch a... Full length is one word because there's a hyphen. Movie on YouTube. Seven words, right? But Welcome. Y and T are initialized, right? Right. But that stands for YouTube. We're, our show is called L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. I'm glad to be here today. And I'm also proud to resent our guest, Adam Spiegelman, your brother. Yeah. So I'm really excited. This show is based on my brother's show. Adam has been doing a podcast interviewing the greats. I was just, it's a cult movie podcast. There's interviews and there's reviews. And the interviews, you go to proudlyresents.com and you look up the guy from summer school. Okay. You look up the guy from ski, whatever. Dean, what's his name at? Cameron? Yeah, that was a great interview. He talked about everything. The guy, uh, uh, Dean Cameron or something. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know yeah. He was in. Uh, him and his brother were aliens on a TV show in the eighties. Uh, called. Um, I love that show. They came yeah. to Earth, or I don't know, something like that. But, but anyway, he was very, he was very open about uh, losing his career in Hollywood. It's very interesting, <laughs> very funny. It's very funny, and the guy has a good box out. So check out Adam's site. For some great interviews, Lloyd Kaufman from uh, Troma has been interviewed. Uh, all the greats. And all the great. All the greats. Great. Not so great. There's a lot of people. I'm in it too. Uh, and Adam is gracefully here with us. He has picked our movie that we're going to watch, a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to go to YouTube, watch the movie with us, and listen to our podcast at the same time. Yes, we are a podcast. We are all over. We're known to be airing 
uh, streaming first on Muni Radio every Sunday at 2 p.m. We're known for our podcast by our initials, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And, of course, we have a YouTube channel where Carl has already synced up the movie and the episode, and you can find that at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, what is the movie we're watching? Today we are going to watch Come and Get It, 1936. But that's not what you put in the YouTube search engine, and this is a first. You're going to put in Francis Farmer movie, okay? Francis, you know, F-A-R-N-C-I-S, Francis Farmer movie. The channel we like is Jogador Profissa of all craziness. Now, if you put in Come and Get It 1936 in the YouTube search, it does show up. maybe, I don't know if it does. I, you, you've got it? Yeah, but it's like the third choice. And like Carl says, it's not titled Come and Get It 1936. Five. It's titled Francis... Uh, Francis Farmer. Farmer movie, which is accurate, although other people are in it, but, and it's J-O-G-A-D-O-R, Professor is what we like, Jogador Professor. Okay, so um, we want you to go ahead, go to YouTube, type in Francis Farmer movie or come and get it and find the one by that username, which I'm not going to repeat because I don't have it in front of me. It's Jogador Professor. Jogador Professor. All right, so find that link. Enter the link, click the link, hit pause immediately, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. When our special guest, Adam, says go, you Wait. will go. Uh, We're not doing a celebrity comedian countdown? Well, we have a celebrity comedian. Rose, we need you to do a countdown for us. Can you count okay. three, two, one, go? And when you say go, 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 go. All right, well, okay, that's, that's right. a good warm-up. Okay, go ahead, Rose. Uh, give us a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Fair enough. Roar! Roar. Immediately we're Why roared at by a lion. You know, there's some movies where the, you don't hear the lion. Yeah? 36. Yeah, like for, for a few years, they just had a silent roar going in the intro of MGM movies. Lame. Edit. So Howard Productions presents Edith Farber's Come and Get It, uh, talked over by Adam, Carl, and Mike. Just want to get <laughs> all the preferences out of the way. This was a book in 1935 called, um, uh, called Come and Get It. And it was supposed to be a book all about how, like, America, the robber barons raped it, chopping down all the trees and messing up the, the waterways. And But this film got changed by Howard Hawks, who's the director, right. to more about the love story and the, 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 the love triangle and the romance. It was more, it wasn't, it really doesn't pay respects to the spirit of the book. Okay. So she's passing out pamphlets as she falls in love. No, no. The book was just a book of exposing how they didn't care about conservation, wildlife. They didn't replant trees. It was basically a scalding book politically against robber barons. But Boring. Yeah. You want a love story. That's yeah. how. Okay. So Samuel Mayer got injured. He had a terrible operation. He had two of them, actually. And so... He was distracted, and that's when director Hawk said, fuck this book. I'm doing oh. a love story. Behind I sent Rose me. downstairs, Carl, but can you guys uh, X and A on the cursing A and the uh, rape yeah. words? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Just imagine a five-year-old is sitting in here. Yeah, well, maybe we don't have a five-year-old on a podcast for adults, but okay, it's just one man's opinion. Look, there's horses. (laughs) Now, this is the 1800s, late 1800s, where our story begins with a young Barney Glasgow. And now he's going to tell all the workers to come and get it. Oh, he says the title? Which is our title. Oh, right away is the first line. Yeah. And it's how we'll wrap up our film, too. Howard Hawks is a genius. Spoiler alert. Oh, really? At the end, he says, everything is spoiled. Hey, is there going to be a fight? And the guy says, come and get it. (laughs) Good call, Mike. (laughs) What else do you say, come and get it? He's for dinner, get a punch in the nose. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, but there's a five-year-old in the room. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm eight. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's a big difference. Big difference. How old are your stuffies? Because we want to talk adult, but we don't want to talk in front of young stuffed animals. Now, Barney's like the boss of all the loggers, and he's catching someone drinking, and he's giving them the business. Was it maple syrup? Off the sap, you sap. Only saps do sap. Well, they God, can't drink. They cut down trees. Ash, eh? Respect. Hey, I'm a land baron. Oh, Whoa, shit. Whoa, somebody. I'm the low budget Energy Robinson, see? He wasn't available, see? <laughs> yeah, now this guy, as soon as I saw this film, I knew his face. So I said, where do I know this guy from? And you I know what it is? Him up. This is Edward oh, the, Arnold. Yeah. Which one, the, the lumberjack or the land baron? The land, well, he's not a land baron. He's like the, the foreman. He's like okay. in charge of all the loggers. But he will become that guy, yes. Yeah, Ooh, he chooses. That. This is what I liked about the film. Was that it? All right, the kid in the back, that's Spider from Goodfellas. He grew up. Yeah, you want to dance? Yeah, he could. he still had his foot. I love like old movies where like guys like that can knock out lumberjacks. Did you see how he punched? Joke. He held his, caressed his face and then punched him in the nose. <laughs> but I when I it. looked up Edward Arnold, the truth is he's just been an, a million things. The only thing we would know is uh, he was in Duck Soup. He was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He was in 12 Angry Men. I remember him in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He says the line, shut up. Stop talking. But is it the filibuster scene? <laughs> Be quiet. Be quiet. Enough already. <laughs> In 12 Angry Men, he played men. All right. Title roll. <laughs> he played number 12. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He played Guilty number God. 10. He was juror number 10. All right. What's he? he goes, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. I haven't okay. seen So now what we're finding out is Barney's ambitious, very ambitious. Sure, he's the foreman, but that's not enough for him, right? He wants to do perfect job for the boss because in the very near future, he's got a bit of a proposal for the boss. So he's like, you men are behind on your login. So I'll tell you what, we're going to double down and do this other lot too to really wow the boss. And if we do, I'm going to throw a huge party for you. Free booze for everyone. Yay! That's the equivalent to now in the office when they say, like, if you come in for extra hours, you get a pizza party. And everyone's like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah right. No health insurance. All right. well, now just, we're going to see a lot of timber. 
Okay. Oh, and, timber. Timber. And there are lots of times right timber. by the tree. I just don't get how I don't get mushed by a mistake. Hollywood. Well, well so you say timber. Yeah, you say timber. You say no, four. but the guys sawing themselves. What if it fell right on? You don't have a second to get out of the way. No, I'm with you. I never knew I understood that. You noticed there was a, a credit All in the beginning for logging sequences filmed by a separate person. So they must have somebody who knows what they're doing. Oh, they you must know, have bought this, it, you right? You see how close it is to them? 